Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're back for the second half of the week. I don't even know what to call this anymore. Episode of Uncoachables, where we give you all that you probably don't need to know about sports, but you're here anyway, and we appreciate you. I kind of want to call it the back door Ooh. of the week. <laughs> Let us in your back door. Ooh. We're the, here with sports. The pinky. Of the shocker, you might say. Hell yeah, brother. Um, to everybody that's out there listening, I hope you've made all the money off of GameStop. I hope you're holding the line firm. I know I'm I holding, baby. Bought, I, I, I hope you're buying Nokia and American Airlines and AMC movie theaters. I hope you're literally just absolutely drying out the hedge funds that have raped and pillaged this great country for so long. <laughs> Man, what a week, things. bro! If you if if you were playing twenty twenty one bingo and you had Reddit ruining the stock market, I think you've probably won <laughs> for the like in the won. first three you... weeks of the year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we went, we went. You know, think about it this way: we went from an insurrection at the Capitol, motherfuckers ruining uh, 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 the stock market via Reddit. Uh, two new strains of coronavirus. Like, it, it, we're barely 29 days into the year, and we're just out here just doing fuck shit. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, man. What a week. What a week. But, that's, yeah, that's my response to that, too. Just turn up a beer, boys. Yeah. But this is a pod about sports, and I want to start with something that's very close to my heart. Uh, which is soccer. Uh, we don't do a lot of soccer talk on here, but this is actually about We don't do American enough League. soccer talk. This is facts. I agree with you. But this is actually a story coming out of Major League Soccer. Uh, as of yesterday, um, the player's CBA proposal to the MLS uh, came out, and uh, the MLS Players Association basically offered some $53 million in new concessions to the league um, on Thursday. Uh, on Monday of this week or Tuesday of this week, the MLS basically told everybody involved in the league that they should be prepared for a lockout. Um, yesterday's concession from the MLS Players Association basically enables um, basically enables the MLS to stop um, a lockout. Now, the MLS could accept the offer, reject it, and continue to negotiate it as if there were no deadline or reject it outright and terminate the existing CBA. Um, if it, it accepts it, then preseason training camps will be on track to start February 22nd, and the regular season will commence the weekend of April 3rd through the 4th. Um, the interesting part here is that if the MLS rejects the union's proposal and decides to terminate the CBA, the league and the players would continue to operate under the terms of the CBA unless there's a lockout, which is possible, or a strike, uh, which is there's almost no chance of a strike. Um, either would constitute the first work stoppage in the league history. Um, a lockout would theoretically set negotiations back to square one while denying players their paychecks and barring them from team facilities. Players would then be free to pursue opportunities elsewhere until the lockout is resolved. Um, MLS recently sent a memo to clubs and staff telling them to uh, expect further information on lockout rules and procedures. Um, 
it's really interesting um, that this is happening, um, especially since this month the MLS said it was now seeking an additional $100 million to $110 million to offset losses that it expects to incur this year. Um, its proposal to the union was anchored by its premise to pay players their full salaries in 2021 in exchange for a two-year extension of the CBA through 20, uh, 2027, which would essentially flatten compensation growth and force players to miss out on gains that might result from the buildup uh, to the 2026 World Cup. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I understand the sticking points, but, like, what a terrible time for this to come up for at a time when, like, over the past what 10 months or so soccer has become so much more popular here in the u.s partly because like we have covid to think for some of that because for a time like soccer was the only sport we had other than like fucking korean baseball or something at 4 a.m right? right so the popularity of soccer has gone up quite a bit here um and there's a bunch of quite a few young american stars overseas what a terrible time for this to come up it's um, it's really interesting for a couple of reasons. Um, uh, you know, the so gambling legalization obviously makes soccer infinitely more interesting. Although, while gambling is not the sexiest sport to gamble on, if you are given the opportunities to bet on it the way that they do in Europe, you can have some fucking fun with it. Like there, there is there. I mean, it is the possibilities are endless. I, I've explained to you what the acrobats are, and um, it is the most fun I think you could ever have watching games go down because. You know, it's a multiplier. So if you hit one, the second one's double, the third one's triple, the fourth one's quadruple, and you can do three-way acras, or you can do twelve-way acras over the course of the weekend. So like, you could hit ten multiplier, and like your money's going to be buku, and then lose on the eleventh game, and that's it; it's over for you. <laughs> um, but you know, the flip side of this is, is that you have a World Cup that's around the corner um, in about two years or a year, really, right? Twenty twenty-two in Qatar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other side of it is is that you have if if this were to go through right and there is a, a, a lockout, the transfer season for the for the MLS is incomplete like the season for the MLS works in complete opposite to the season for Europe, right? So while the MLS is at the height of their season, Europe is usually taking a break. And um, like players aren't gonna really get the chance to go to other leagues because of the transfer windows and all that other shit. And what's even more interesting is now, thanks to Brexit, how do you handle fucking overseas players, right? So, like, a lot of the American guys won't be going to the UK, which is probably the best league in the world. They'll probably end up going to Europe or to Germany, which is where most American players go anyway. Um, But the big picture is, is that for the big talent guys that are in the MLS... They might leave and just go to another league, and you won't get them back. True, and that yeah. immediately diminishes like the gains that you've made over the last few years. Um, the other side of it too is like you just literally added four fucking teams over the last three years um, to this league, right? And like, if you're gonna sit back and you're gonna say, "Hey, it's good for us to have a lockout," while we just added Nashville, um, like the other at Los Angeles. They're, they're going to add, like, another Texas team in Austin. Like, if you think that this it's a good idea to, to not work out an extension or some sort of CBA project now, then, like, you know, it's crazy. Um, what was – what really kind of fucked me up, though, is, you know, they're talking about 
losing a hundred million dollars, and I didn't even know the MLS much revenue. Period. Like, I'll be real with you. Like, it's a league; it makes money. The league owns the players essentially, but like, I didn't know they were generating that much revenue to even cry wolf about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I, it's just, it's a, it's a sad thing for me, and and hope, but. Um, I'm, I'm praying to God that there's a world where, you know, we don't have to see a league go into lockout. Similar to, as we've discussed many times, uh, and how we talked about earlier in the week, that we will be doing some baseball talk today. But before we get there, I think we should talk about some NBA news real quick. What do you think? Let me have it. What do we All got? Right. Uh, so I, wanna, I just want to holler this out real quick. Um, the Jazz... Kind of big dick in the West right now. Um, uh, yeah, they're good. Them and Denver both, I think, which we've, we've said it several times before the season started, is those two are... Uh, last night... Those two are competitive the Mavericks. for real. Yeah, last night they beat the Mavericks 116-104 to 104 to win their 10th straight game while improving their record to an NBA best 14-4. and four. Uh, Rudy Gobert racked up season high in points and rebounds. He went 29 for 20. And Jordan Clarkson came off the bench to flame the Mavericks for a uh, for a season and game high thirty one points. Joe Ingles chipped in with a season high twenty one points, knocking down a career high tying seven three pointers and dished the rock. They gave up thirty one to Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, the Mavericks. I mean, like, they're not looking too good. I mean, no disrespect, but <laughs> damn, it's Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it seems like Donovan Mitchell and Co. are starting to actually kind of hit uh, the right pace at twenty, at eighteen to twenty games in the season. Um, Rudy Gobert probably summed it up best uh, when he said, "It's probably the first time since I've been here that I've seen that much focus from every single one in this locker room." I really feel like we're playing for something bigger and that we're on a mission. I have to agree with them. Having watched them the last few weeks, they look like a team that's on fire and. I will agree. It is not just it's not just the the work ethic. It's the focus, and there's no quit on that team, top to bottom, which I find fascinating. Yeah, like selfishly, I'm pulling for them in Denver both because I want to see the Murray Mitchell uh, bubble or playoff showdown again. That was that was one of the most fun series I think I've watched. Well, I, I watched those Heat Spurs final series, and those were pretty ape shit, but. From a player yeah. versus player perspective, those are really, really fun to watch. So selfishly, I'm pulling for them because I want those two to play again in the playoffs. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, they're 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 getting it together. Like I, I think probably the top of the West is the LA teams, and then those two maybe. Uh, right now it's them. Right now it's Utah. Oh, I, I mean, like you know, by by seasons end, uh, like, sure. Like right now, if I'm if I'm picking the top four teams in the West it's I'm, I'm going Lakers probably Clippers and then those two I don't know which order I mean probably I think I put Utah fourth behind Denver um yeah I, I think Utah Denver are kind of like a you can switch them out however you want um my I mean I just watched the Lakers lose two games that they shouldn't have shouldn't have lost this week uh to the fucking Pistons and the 76ers which one of the games, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, they probably should have ejected LeBron uh, after he shoved the shit out of Joel Embiid going to the rim. Yeah, that um, Philly game was kind of wild. And then they lost on the buzzer, too, which is like, I mean, it still counts as a loss, but I mean, 
you got to, but you got to put those teams away, bro. Like, yeah. I, I mean, it, also like the Pistons are 14th in the fucking East. Like, what are we doing? You can't be losing to the 14th ranked team. In that the was the one that was like, I was like, yeah, okay. They they just lost a road game. It was their first road loss all season. They're gonna come out pissed off, and then they lose Flat. to the Pistons. Flat. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, uh, whatever. They'll be fine. <laughs> there are zero my, worries about the Lakers. I have my money on, and this is gonna be interesting. Is I I think yeah, LA both LA teams will be one two depending on how you want to push them. Then we also have like the interesting question about what's gonna happen with San Antonio, Memphis, and the Suns. Um, I mean, like Utah and Denver are probably going to be the four and the five there, I think. Um, but after that, I'm kind of curious to see where Memphis, the Suns and San Antonio rank up. Like I see like San Antonio is quietly like, and it's working, it's quiet. It's very Popovich esque in his last season. Yeah. He could. He could end up stealing the five or the six seed. I actually my my sneaky team is actually Houston, believe it or not. I like what they have out there. If they stay health if if they get and stay healthy. I kinda like what they have with Wall Cousins, uh getting Christian Wood back is huge. Uh like they're gonna be able to score a thousand points a night with Christian Wood back and with that team. And it'll be in a way that's not just James Harden shooting step back threes and getting to the foul line all night. Like they're, they're going to have a right. very balanced score, uh, scoring attack and a pretty balanced team. I think they could they can certainly be a threat to somebody on a given night. I'm curious, and I, I want to get your take on this before we move on. Where do you think Golden State ends up at the end of the season? <sighs> it's hard to say, right, man. I I want to say right they now, end up being a playoff team. As Wiseman continues right. to get better, but I I also don't know if I don't know if Steph and Draymond can carry this team for an entire season on their backs the way they have been. And I, Wiggins has pitched in a little more. Wiseman's been good, but like I don't know. They're at some point they're gonna get tired. I think like I don't know if they can keep it up enough. Well, we know Kelly Oubre is a fraud. <laughs> um, he's so bad dude but it i don't know i mean i think there you know there there was what like that that two game stretch or whatever where they were they, it looked like they were starting to to find a little bit of consistency uh, you know right now if you're looking across the west uh the jazz are on a 10 game win streak uh the nuggets are on a five game win streak the grizzlies are on a five game win streak the rockets are on a four game win streak um I mean, I'm not even going to mention OKC or or the Sacramento Kings because no one really gives a fuck. But yeah, um, I think that's more of like I can look at the West and I can probably eliminate teams better than I can say, hey, Golden State's going to sneak into the playoffs. Right. I think they might like once I eliminate teams that I think we can probably eliminate. I think Golden State might does sneak into probably the seven or eight seed. Because um, like Minnesota's we... out, the Pelicans are probably out, the Kings are out. Their defense is awful. OKC is going to end up being out. Uh. Memphis the Mavericks? is probably going to be out, I think. But Dallas is tricky because they have two superstars and they have enough around them to help them. So, like, Dallas is tricky. They can get hot. Um, Houston, Golden State, and Portland, and Phoenix, really, are kind of fringe. Portland's going to get healthy. Like, Nurkic and, and McCollum are going to come back. Phoenix... 
I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm a believer in Phoenix yet. Uh, I would definitely refer you back. I'll, I'll refer you to the next <laughs> two games that are coming up, bro. Like, there's something weird going on in Phoenix, and and, and I respect the shit out of it because I, I like it. I just I don't know if I like for the playoffs. I don't know if I trust them to to make the run down the street. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's gonna be a rough go, man. Like I I, I don't. I mean, the line I, I, here. If for... I have to pick an odd man out, like I trust I trust Golden State more. I think I like Houston more, and I I like Dallas more just because they have multiple superstars. And like if 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 I like those teams to sneak in, then I can't like Phoenix can't sneak in in my scenario. That's fair, that's fair logic, I guess. I, I think that's my only reason for not being sold on the Suns is I like those other teams a lot, and I like if I like them a lot, then Phoenix can't sneak in. It's just not there's not enough playoff spots. Yeah. I mean, listen, th- we're also talking about a Phoenix team that dispatched the fucking Warriors 114 to 93. Like, you know, th- usually the Warriors are good for 100 points, and, and the, the Suns were able to keep them under that. Uh, there have been a couple, like the Pistons also were very good at defending us, and uh, by us, I mean the Lakers, 107 to 192. Um, but the flip side of it is that Golden State went out, what, last week or the, the what was it? Yeah, on Wednesday. And they absolutely shellacked the Timberwolves, one twenty three to one eleven. So like, <laughs> it's weird. Like, it, it, it there's not a lot of parity. It feels like in the schedule, the schedule doesn't give you a lot of parity in terms of teams coming out and being like, we're going to score one hundred and twenty points consistently against one team. Um, and I think this is going to be the year where we get like a really weird six and seven, or like a really weird five and six seed, because like that 10 game bridge gap is going to be just enough to fuck with everything. Yeah. And the next thing you know, it's like, Oh no, Dallas missed the playoffs, but the Grizz are in. Yeah. Yeah. Some team can get hot for a few games at a time and, and make a big difference now with the shorter season. Uh, like in like Cleveland, for example, in the East, they beat Brooklyn twice and they've actually been playing pretty competent basketball. Like they've been, they've been pretty decent. So, I mean, they get hot. And They're win. the top half of the league. Yeah, the I mean, they, they get hot and win some more games. They probably have no business winning. Like they're they're in the playoffs, so it's it could get weird. Dan Gilbert, uh, did you hear the story when uh, LeBron went back to Cleveland? What was going on? I didn't. Um, so LeBron uh, obviously goes back to Cleveland. I think it was like a week ago, or a few nights ago, whatever it was, and a couple balls rattled in and out of the rim. And uh, the executive team at Cleveland was clapping a little too hard during his misses. So LeBron was just like, mm, they forget to have a fourth quarter. Oh, I did see him turn talking shit to somebody on the sidelines. And then he blew up for a, a thousand points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah, they forget I get a fourth. I'm just going to bury you now. Like Cleveland is like the worst. Like Cleveland is like the biggest losers maybe on earth. Like they just don't get that they shouldn't talk shit. And then they like, they're like, oh, <laughs> It's like, oh, we think we're the Lakers, so we'll talk shit, but then we forget that we're not the Lakers. We're just Cleveland. <laughs> so bad. Uh, all one, one other NBA um, – or two more NBA little headlines I want to throw out here. Uh, the first of which is, is that if you're interested in NBA All-Star Game, uh, voting takes place between now and February something or another. Uh, so get your votes in if you really give a shit. Uh, I know I just voted for Collie Stein like four times in every position. So, um, if, it, <laughs> if you don't call for Bam out of bio, I hate you. 
Oh, that's a big facts. Big facts. Uh, make sure you don't vote for Braun to go to the few, like a week or so off. Just to chill. <laughs> just to chill. Him and AD, just leave them out of the team. I need both of them just, to chill. Just give them a little rest, you know? A little rest. rest. Little... Yeah. Exactly. Um, that's all I got for the NBA. I mean, it was kind of like a regular-ass week. We have a, a doubleheader tonight on ESPN for all of you that are interested. Um, I think the first game is Pelicans Bucks, and the second game is Lakers. Forget who. I don't know. I saw on ESPN. I'll be watching both of them, probably <laughs> with a glass of wine in my hand and kind of fucked up. I'll be on um, League Pass watching awful games that I wagered on but shouldn't be watching in any way. That is. That oh, is a bit of good news. Uh, Karis Levert. They. Yeah. Yeah, for their, their the thing they found with him was able to uh, remove it with a small surgery procedure and no further treatment will be needed, which is really good because anytime you hear about a guy with finding a mass on an organ, uh, you kind of think the worst. And uh, yeah, I mean, it turned out, I guess, as good as it could have been. Um, thank goodness he got traded, as weird as that is to say, because if that sits there for a year or so and they don't catch it, then... Who knows what would have happened, but that, that getting traded could have very possibly saved his life. Yeah, no, uh, it, it super positive signs, and it's crazy that we have to have the conversation where you go, thank God that someone actually, you know, decided to be dumb enough to trade a potential maybe sixth man of the year candidate. I, I mean, that might be a little bit of a stretch, I know, um, but it, it was good to see that uh, it all worked out for him, and hopefully he gets well soon and he's back playing. Um, just to correct myself, the 10 o'clock game on ESPN is the Mavericks-Jazz, so you get to watch the undefeated Utah Jazz take on the Mavericks for the second time in a three-day period on a back-to-back. Uh, the line on that game is minus four if you guys are down to get in on it. Um, <laughs> if I'm down to get in on it. If, if, of course I'm <laughs> down to get ridiculous. in on it. Hello? Hello? <laughs> um, you ready to talk some baseball? Let's do it. That's, that's right, why, so we're, that's why think... we're here. I think the best place to start is obviously with the most recent bit of news, which came out uh, two or three days ago, which is for the first time since 1960 and just the seventh time since the first election in 1936, the National Baseball Hall of Fame will not have a new group of electees in 2021. Listen, all right, all right, all right. Let me... So we were texting about this. Um, the 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 voters. Something needs to be done about who votes for this for baseball because it's it's, it's ancient purists is what it is who still pretend like the steroid era never happened. They still pretend like they were completely unknowing of anything going on and anyone from the era that they voted in was totally clean and like all this other shit they're still hiding behind this facade that doesn't exist like it's fake it's all none of it exists they're they're sitting on some moral high horse that's built out of steroid needles um so to not vote shilling not vote bonds to not put these guys in the hall of fame is I don't even I, like I, I have no words 
Um, okay, so so the minimum requirement is what seventy five percent to yeah. baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, Kurt Schilling came up at seventy one point. Has asked to not be a part of next year's voting. So okay, you know my feelings on Kurt Schilling. Um, he's a scumbag in my opinion. I think he's a piece of shit. Uh, I understand that part of the allure of Kurt Schilling is that he pitched a game with a bloody ankle. And uh, did we ever know why the ankle was even bloody? Well, that's the image everyone. Yeah, that's the image everyone has of him. But people forget like his Arizona days and like all the time yep. leading up to Boston, how how great he was. No, he was great. Um, Barry Bonds, uh, 61.8%. I mean, all right, listen, if anyone, if, if they're, if they're two dirtier guys that deserve to go into the Hall of Fame, it is Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, and they're both at 60 some odd percent, 61.8 and 61.6 respectively. Um, I understand why you won't let Sammy Sosa in. I understand why you have a problem with Andy Pettit. I understand why you have a problem with fucking, um, you know, Roger and Barry, but unfortunately, um, and Manny Ramirez too. Um, but unfortunately these guys literally save baseball. Like there is the first generation that is the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa that literally saved baseball as a result of that hot summer. And then there's everybody else behind it. And you can in no way, shape or form. Can you say that baseball would have been what it is today, which is still a failing sport. Like let's not even fucking like, let's not even try to hide that fact. Right. Um, it would still, it would have failed way longer, way before, had these guys not done what they did in order to get the sport to where it was, right? And like for the writers to be like, well, we're purists and we believe that the sport was tainted by some of these guys is fucking idiotic, because there are going to be guys that are going to get into the fame that we know are steroid users, and like. We're going to say steroid users in, like, the abstract, right? But they weren't and... under question or, like, yeah. Exactly. All, all exactly. these guys all these guys that played during this era, the, the quote-unquote steroid era, anybody that's been voted in, like, the whole era is tainted. All these guys were on yeah. it for the most part. Like, everybody was doing something. And even back then when they didn't do testing and they didn't have all this and all the technology and all this other stuff, like, you don't know who was using what back then. So, yeah, like, now we know. Sosa's a little different because he had the cork bat incident. And, like, okay, I understand. You can argue that, okay, well, how long had he been using a cork bat? Had it always been a thing? Like, blah, blah, blah. I get it. If you want to argue against Sosa, that's fine. But the rest of these guys, the only thing they have to their name is either either steroid usage or, or assumed or possible PED usage. Uh, which, like I said, half the Hall of Fame probably used PEDs, and you just don't know it. But yeah, to to not have them in, and you're right that that summer that a lot of people our age and, and younger especially don't really know, but baseball was was damn near death in the late '90s. Like they were in really bad shape. Attendance was way down. Money was way down. And then Sosa and McGuire come along, along with Griffey. Uh, a lot of people forget Griffey was in that too, but Griffey hung right with them for most of that summer, yeah. right up until close to the last month, month and a half or so. But between Griffey, Sosa, and McGuire, like, those guys saved baseball by just hitting home runs. People were captivated. The home run race kept people tuned in every night. Their games were sold out. No matter what stadium they were in, it was sold out. Uh, it was nuts. Like, I, 
some of my fondest memories are sitting around watching a little black and white TV because like, or with, with, with my old man, like watching either the Cardinals or the Cubs game or whatever was on at the time, being a Cubs fan, especially keeping up with the home run race. So like to not have these guys in because you have, you're sitting on some false moral high ground is just absurd. And the voters need to be done away with like the, well, these, these I, old, old false purists <laughs> need to, need I do to go. like, I do like the devil's advocate argument, right? Because in the NBA, the NBA is the hall, the hall of very good. It, it is, it's, it's not the hall of greats in the NBA. They, they usually let a lot of questionable guys into the hall of fame in the NBA in baseball. There are, they're, they're a little bit more restrictive. Um, the Mike Mussinas of the world, right? Like they're always up in terms of, uh, do they deserve to be in the hall of fame? Some guys say yes. Some guys say no. I mean, this year was the first uh, first year that eight-time Gold Glover uh, and seven-time All-Star uh, third baseman Scott Rowland actually uh, got selected on 52% of ballots, right? And he's in his fourth year of eligibility. Fine. But then there are a couple other guys who jumped like a fucking shit ton of points in Todd Helton, third year in the ballot. Billy Wagner, sixth year in the uh, ballot. Gary Sheffield, steroids, seventh year on the ballot. Uh, yeah, exactly. Andrew, like he's in there. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Jones, fourth year on the ballot. Andrew Jones is questionable, if you ask me. Um, and it, it, it's just it, it sucks, and it's very difficult for us to have these conversations because, like, in order for this to be honest, we would have to be honest with ourselves. And unfortunately, the baseball writers are not honest with themselves. Uh, and, yeah, and, exactly. And the yeah, worst part about it is. They're not honest with themselves, and their sense of superiority is so fucking strong that they refuse to see anything that's not what they believe to be true. Yeah, it's, and it it's, is, it's it like is, it's their game. It's the same reason they get mad at guys like Baez and Tatis and, and, and you know, a couple of the guys out in L.A. and, like, Machado. Like, they hate these guys because they're flashy, but it's because, like— in their mind, it's it's their game. Like they write they they write the rules and they run the ship, and it's their game. And you do things their way or or else. But it, you know the same reason they won't vote these guys in is is part of the same reason why they hate these young guys now. It's it's, it's ridiculous. It, but it's it is it is the most get off my lawn argument maybe in the history <laughs> it of sports. And like and these guys are the most. I mean, baseball is the most get off my lawn uh, sport maybe in the world and and it sucks because like you know i love baseball i've always loved baseball ever since i moved to this country it's been like one of the few things that i have bonded over with with new friends um and it 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 it, it sucks that every year that goes by i want to pay less and less attention to it because it is literally draining my fucking life for like i i just don't i don't get it i've enjoyed um, i can't say that i've certainly enjoyed watching with the young stars and all we have now but it it, it is it's irritating at how much how much power is held by these older quote unquote purists who are just you know get off my lawn and unwritten rule this and unwritten rule that and do things our way or else and you know it, it's I, I think if baseball really wants to not save itself because it's not doing poorly right now but if baseball really wants to take a next step and and once again be a major sport in the U.S., um, that needs to change. They need to do more to embrace not well, embrace this younger generation and 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 everything that comes with that, but also get past the whole 
pretending a couple of guys were guilty, you know, 20 years ago, but magically no one else was and like all the other shit that comes with that. Yeah. They have to button up the argument in terms of how they, you know, not just steroids, but also the hall of fame as a whole, because they're going to be guys. If you're going to tell me right now that guys like Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa and Roger Clemens are problematic for you because of steroids, I hate to say this. They're going to be guys from, 10 years past that point to now, they're going to be much more problematic for different reasons. And Trevor Bauer, as an example, right? Great pitcher, uh, Cy Young, Cy Young winner, whatever. Also a fucking lunatic MAGA chud. Yeah. <laughs> so like, if you have a problem with Kurt Schilling's politics, then, you know, you're going to have a problem with his politics. And if that's the reason why you keep someone out at the end of the day, listen, you separate the person from the sport, their performance as a sports player, I guess is, if you want to put it that way, or as an athlete is the only thing that you're measuring them, not who they are, how they act, what they do. Personally, you know, like I said, do I think Kurt Schilling's a piece of shit? Yeah, I do. I think he's a fucking scumbag, but he was a great pitcher. And it, it, it's hard to, it is hard to recognize that as a Yankees fan, but I think he deserves to be in the hall of fame. And if he wants to pull himself out because, you know, the writers are going to continue to be dicks to him, then, you know, he has every right under the sun to do that and and frankly i think it's a it's it's a bigger fuck you to the writers than anything else yeah i, I think shelly needs to be in clemens needs to be in bonds mcguire so 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 yeah and I, I like so so like i said i like i understand the argument against it and maybe i'm like being a huge cubs fan like so so was an idol when i was growing up like maybe i, I looked through a little bit of rose tinted glasses but the the numbers that he put up and the things that he did for so many years in Chicago, like if he had work, like yeah, like he he like, I I can't believe that he would have been using a corked bat for all that time and like all this other shit. No one would have caught it all this time and like nothing like bats wouldn't have broken. It's not like that's the only bat he ever had break, you know. And they never caught him before that, so I can kind of punch holes in that argument, I guess. But yeah, like Sosa belongs in there, just like all the all the rest of these guys. All right, let's move on. Uh, it's the MLB offseason. I got We've less heated than I thought I would get with that. It's, uh, it's okay. Still, uh. It's the, <laughs> I know, I agree. It is a, it's a yuck conversation. It's the MLB season, offseason rather. We've seen some signings. We've seen some trades. We've seen some bullshit. Uh, right now, who do you think has done the most to win a championship? Oh, San Diego. Okay. I, really, because like they're the only damn team that's done anything, right? Like they went out, they get Darvish, uh, they go out and get uh, Snell, yeah. like and insta- Joe Musgrove. Instantly, they, their rotation's nuts to put around Tatis and Machado in the line, and the, like the rest of that lineup they have. They, they've made a couple other signings I don't have right in front of me at the moment, but yeah, I, I think they have to compete with the Dodgers, which is really really hard, and so it's hard to pick them to to make a deep run i guess because the dodgers are still going to be amazing but i I think of like the team that's that's quote-unquote won the offseason right now or done the most to improve their odds is san diego by far mostly because they're the only team that's really done anything toronto's made some splash moves i will say but springer yeah but i i don't no they're not there yet they're interesting i'm gonna go they're interesting i'm gonna I'm going to go with the Mets, um, only because adding Lindor, Carrasco, McCann, uh, Lucchese, uh, Trevor May, Marcus Stroman, um, 
well, who accepted his qualifying offer. Yeah, um, yeah. Already, and, yeah, and, already with their lineup. That's with their rotation. And, and the nice part about it is that they lost Robinson Cano's salary. It's fucking huge. Um, I mean, I don't know. It, 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 it's, um, it's, it's funny though, because like when you look at it, NLT making the fucking moves, and I don't understand what the, what, like what the restriction is on on AL teams, you know, tossing the money around. Like, it took the Yankees what almost twelve weeks to re-sign DJ LeMahieu, basically. Well, I think I think it's I think COVID has a lot to do. Teams are just afraid to spend. So the Mets are special because they got a new owner who who has a, a you know ridiculous money and came in saying, "Hey, I don't care the situation. I'm going to spend money." Wait, so they, wait, can we just talk about this real quick? And then San Diego was. Can I mention this? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You just reminded me. Did you see what I forwarded uh, in the group chat earlier? I did. Um, so for those of you that don't know, in 2000, Steve Cohn uh, got uh, basically a sexual harassment lawsuit for, um, I guess, interns or employees to take estrogen uh, to see if the drug actually worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a fucking scumbag! And they let this motherfucker on the baseball team. They did. Like, I, I hate capitalism. It's so bad. Go. Could, all right. So wait. Flip side here. Then who is the biggest loser of the offseason? Who's who? who? My, my Cubs. Really? I I think so. Well, uh, Cubs and Tampa. I think. Uh, really, baseball is a sport, and and the free agents are the biggest losers here because of how the market's so jacked up. But I think team-wise, the biggest losers are my Cubs and Tampa. Tampa because the way baseball is set up, they they had to get rid of Snell at his peak to get the maximum return because they just can't pay like they can't afford to hang with with the big teams and they can't afford to spend. They couldn't afford to sign Snell long term to some big contract and like all this other stuff. So they feel forced to trade their star. And the stud at max value because it's just like they know what's coming. Uh, and then Chicago because they finally unlock uh, Super Saiyan Yu Darvish. And then yeah. they, for whatever reason, despite the fact that they're one of the top earning teams in the major leagues, they decide that they need to both cut costs and try to contend, or at least so they say. So they trade Darvish for uh, a couple trash bags and rolls of nickels uh they don't re-sign schwarber which may not be that big of a deal because they did just sign jock peterson to a one-year deal who's essentially the same player um uh, jock's maybe a little bit better hitter actually but they're is that you telling the truth or are you trying to convince yourself uh well number wise they're like average wise they're about the same but jock's a little bit more of a threat i think than schwarber was Okay. Uh, he's a little more scary to pitch to, I think, is, is really the only difference. Um, but now they're they're also in a conundrum. Like, if they trade Contreras, I think that's it, an awful move. If they trade Bryant, I get it. But I, they haven't locked in Baez yet. Rizzo's a free agent at the end of the season. Rizzo's like the heart and soul of Chicago at this point. Letting him go would be a terrible mistake. Like I, the they, they they try to find this bat. They have no pitching outside of Cal Hendricks now. Like, who's gonna right. pitch? So, uh, they, uh, Davies isn't awful who they got from San Diego, but he's also not like 
swapping him for you Darvish, who could have won the Cy Young two the past two years, really. Like, that's not really a fair. Tra- <laughs> like, it's not really a fair trade there. Um, yeah, I don't. I I think they're the biggest losers. They just they they try to live in this fairy tale land of of cutting costs and still trying to compete, but it's just like they can't do it the way their roster is structured. I'm I'm torn between the um, the Rays and the Indians. Um, uh, Indi- so, yeah, Indians. I should have mentioned with the Rays. Yeah, having to trade their yeah. superstar and and peak prime well, years because they again are a small market team that just doesn't feel like like they can't pay that type of contract. Right, and I mean the Rays. What's weird about them? Yeah, they lost Snell, Charlie Morton. Um, you know, they they added uh, what's his name, uh, Michael Wacha or whatever the fuck his name is. Oh, uh, Waka. Um, yeah. Yeah, Waka, yeah. Um, but he hasn't and, been good know, in like eight years. Right. He's and, like and 50. The thing about the race, yeah. And the thing about the Rays, too, which which is, you know, it's it's annoying, is that, you know, they, they're going to suck this year, but they'll be fine in, in two years, right? Like they, oh, no, no, I think the, ra- the Rays will still be good this year. I don't know how the hell they – like, I have no reason for thinking that other than the fact that they're good every year with no-name talent. Right. <laughs> the flip side, you know, when you talk about the Indians – Fine, they got Jimenez and, and which you know, fine. Two major league players. They're, they, but that's all they are. They are two major league players. You know that you're not going to get anything more out of them than that. Um, and th- the part that sucked even more is that they also had to let Go go as well, right? So like they literally gave up an arm and a stud for two guys that are like meh, and you know they didn't get anything back that would help them win that division anymore or handily than they, they, they should have gotten. Um, so I, I think Cleveland probably took the biggest L next to the Cubs. You're, you're probably right. I think the Cubs might be the, the biggest loser, um, but I think the Indians are right behind them. Um, I, I also think I, – I do want to throw in there, like I, I factoring into thinking the Cubs are the biggest loser, the Cubs are the biggest loser because they're doing this in a year when they could easily – like their division's very winnable. Um, so a playoff spot is very, very feasible. And I, I still think they, they'll compete for the division now because the division's so winnable even still, but you get rid of all this in a year that you could dominate the division and, and easily make the playoffs. Whereas the Rays have a really hard division to compete with. You've got the Yankees, of course, who are going to be really good, I think still. And you've got Toronto who's coming up, who's going to be competitive. And then uh, Cleveland has to deal with Minnesota, who's still going to be good, and the White Sox, who are up and coming in a in a big time way. So I don't necessarily know if those teams could have made a non expanded playoffs anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chicago was still primed to win the division, make the playoffs, and and make some type of playoff run. So I like to give up to at least somewhat give up on that. I think makes them a huge loser. Okay. Uh, follow-up question. Who do you think was the biggest under-the-radar move of this winter? Hmm. I'll give, I'll give you mine. Um, maybe one of the best value adds of the winter would be Josh Bell to the Nats. Um, a lot of value in a guy who underperformed in uh, an unconventional season. Um, and that's fine. You know, it, it, it's kind of to be expected. Um, but the last time he played a full season, Bell batted uh, 277, uh, slug 367, uh, 569 OPS with 37 homers and 116 RBIs. 
Uh, he finished within the top 5% in the sport with exit below. Um, and, I mean, yeah, fine. Uh, the 2020 season was a fucking disaster for him. Um, but basically, Bell was bad in a way that he hadn't been bad before, which was, you know, OPS. Um, I think he fits the Nats for a couple reasons. Number one, they need a first baseman and a middle-of-the-order bat. Um, with that said, I feel like he might – like, they. I don't think there were it, maybe it's not under the radar I guess, for me, but it was like the perfect match. Yeah. The perfect player for the perfect situation. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't think I don't think there could have been a better a better signing this offseason than than Bell for the Nats. What do you think? That's funny. I, I was probably gonna go same team, but I I actually forgot about the Bell signing. That's that's good. I wish I thought about that one. Uh, I was gonna go same team, but I was gonna say my my guy uh, Schwarber. Yeah, I, I think he's a he's a big platoon upgrade in the outfield for them. He's a guy who brings a big time bat. He's improved tremendously. He's worked really hard to improve on defense in the outfield. Um, and and I, I, we texted about this when it happened, and uh, you know with a couple of Nats friend Nats fan friends of ours. Um, I don't have the numbers right here in front of me, but you know his 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 WAR numbers and and you know some of his numbers over the past several years in Chicago are an instant pretty big improvement for the Nats so I I think they for a lineup that desperately desperately needs bats I, I think uh I think Schorber was a pretty pretty big under the radar pickup and only like 10 mil like it did baseball money that it, you know it doesn't really cost them that much um but I agree with you on Bell actually Bell yeah Bell's really nice I, I'd forgotten they signed him yeah um the Schorber signing was really interesting uh one other one that I definitely want to call out as a Yankees fan uh, Ulysses Chassis, man. Uh, I saw that, and I immediately was like, you know what? This guy like carried me in fantasy one season, so I wonder if he still has that left in the tank. <laughs> listen, it's been two, three years since he's been good, um, but he, I think I want to say like he was a league average workhorse for Milwaukee in 2018. Um, we need a guy that can absorb bulk innings from us, and worst case scenario is we cut him in training, best case scenario sign him and he fucking works out for us because we have to deal with Luis Sessa fucking Darren O'Day who we just signed from the Braves Johnny Lasagna aka Johnny Lysaga and Chad Green. um and granted like I'm not the biggest Zach Britton fan but he's useful for the Yankees um but you know Chasin could be a guy that could give us like good innings uh out of the pen yeah, I think best case Almost he gives two. you two hundred plus innings. He gives you you know two two hundred plus innings of even if it's like three seven ERA, three five ERA. Like he, doesn't have, he doesn't have to be great. Fine. He just needs to be a serviceable four or five. Yep, and I need him. I need him to come in every third day for at least an inning, maybe two, uh, because we can't do this anymore with the guys that we have. Um, all right, last question. Biggest surprise of this off season. Biggest surprise. Um, I think I have to stay home and say the Darvish trade. Hmm. You weren't expecting it, huh? I wasn't. So if I, there's there's been so much for so long about Bryant or Contre- and or Contreras being moved, which kind of makes sense because Bryant's on an expiring deal and Contreras is going to be expensive to resign. I didn't really like. I didn't really think that they would trade a Cy Young candidate for nothing. Essentially, so like, 
I, I think that's the biggest move. And his con like I know his contract his 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 yearly number is pretty big, but there's only like two years left two or two years left on it, I think. Like I, I think that's the for me the biggest. And just I the way they've handled the offseason as a whole, I think, is is pretty sad. I think that's a really big surprise. With Theo stepping down and like all this other stuff going on, I think I think that's the for me, that's the biggest surprise in a bad way. I'm gonna go with it. The just the disgusting pace of free agency, like I mean, it's just been, yeah, it, it has been it has been a snail's pace free agents free agents, uh, you know, just off season. Um, just to look at it and see George Springer go at 150, Lemayhu to go for 90, uh, Liam Hendricks got 18 million average annual value. James McCann secured a four year contract worth more than 40 million. I mean, listen, it's, it's, it's almost February and less than half of the top 20 free agents um, have signed. And I, I, I mean, great. JT Ralmudo just signed what two days ago or yesterday. Yeah. Um, and, and that means, and I'm, I'm assuming, and this is just wild speculation here that Trevor Bauer will be a Philly by the end of the, the end of the off season. Was it one ten um, for real Muto? I think something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, five five years one ten maybe I think if I remember correctly something like yeah. that. Um. So it's just you know it, it it's going to be annoying and 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 the part that's really um. It, it's just really frustrating because what what we don't know is you know, how much money teams are going to want to spend and I think what we're going to end up seeing is out of the top twenty pool, um, there are going to be a lot of two three year deals. Yeah, someone's someone's going to pay for Bauer. Yeah, he's guys Cy Young candidate pitcher. Like someone's going to pay money for Bauer, but the rest of these guys now, now that the Springers and the Real Mutos and 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 I mean Lemayhu signed for a discount, but I mean even the Lemayhus that now that these guys are off the board, beyond Bauer, who really gets big money with teams not willing to spend. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't see it. All right, last, last, my last question, my very last question, <laughs> since we're on the subject. Uh, if you had to make one conspiracy theory move, what would it be? One conspiracy theory move. What do you mean? So, like, if you had to put on your tinfoil hat and be like, like, uh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, if you're like Charlie from it, with all the fucking things connected to each other, in order for your team to be the best team possible, what move would that be in order for your team to be? In order for my team to be the best team possible, like any team or like my like my team, any team, any team, any team, Give any me a team, team to be the best possible, huh? Ah, I think if the Padres sign Bauer, like of moves that could be made right now, if San Diego goes out and signs Bauer. I wanted to say Springer, but I, I like they have a decent lineup, and I think Springer would yeah. have fit them better, especially since they they they've added to their pitching with Darvish. They've improved their pitching, I should say, with Darvish and Snell, like big time, big time. But imagine signing Bauer too. Imagine that imagine is... your playoff rotation is Bauer, Darvish, Snell. You're instantly competing with the Dodgers and anybody else you're going to have to play. Like Mus instantly. And don't forget Mus Musgrove, too. Yeah, yeah. And Musgrove is your fourth guy, so you don't have to pitch those guys on three days rest all the time. Like, 
Yep. I, like to me, signing Bauer puts them over the put like allows them the ability to really compete with the Dodgers. They can compete now, but you sign Bauer too, you're you're uh, they maybe win that division, maybe. Uh, the Dodgers are really freaking good, <laughs> so I don't want to so, say they will, but maybe. So uh, I know this doesn't make the team better right now, but it is the smart thing to do. Uh, and I'm unfortunately going to talk about your Cubs, buddy. Blow it all up. That's okay. Um, I, uh, let me let me just hear me out. All right, all right. Trade Baez, Rizzo, or Hendricks along with Chris Bryant. Uh, I know um, it, it, it's tough to to think about letting them go, but it's also going to be a lot easier for you to retool your roster um, with those guys out of the way. And this is the important part here. Get them out of the way before the introduction of the new CBA, right? Like before the new fucking – before the new contract comes out, make as much room as humanly possible for you to make – give yourself the most flexibility. Because if shit goes the other way, then at least you have enough room for you to retool with what you need as opposed to if you had the guys on the roster and the CBA goes, you know, the player's way or the the, the league's way, however you want to kind of look at it. You know what I mean? Um, my other thing, and this is more of a Yankees thing for me, is I don't fucking – listen, I, we're the goddamn New York Yankees. Brian Cashman should be splashing that cash. He has not done that. He's been swindling people uh, for, for the last six months. Um, I don't think we should go after Bauer. I do think that there's a world where we can go out and get good pitching. Um, we're just going to have to pay a premium for it. Um, and and I, think, I think I'm okay to add uh, Alex Claudio from the Angels to this team. Uh, whatever it is that we might need to get him here, I'm, I'd be willing to pay it. And if that's Gary Sanchez and Miguel Andahar, then by all means, uh, LA have him. I, I would love to see him go. But yeah, I'll, I'll uh, in, in the words of WFAN, uh, New York, the uh, New York radio sports station, I'll uh, I'll take my answer off the off the air, Matt. I think I disagree with you on the Cubs for a couple reasons. One. Bryant doesn't really have any trade value right now. He's on an expiring deal, and teams know they could just have him in free agency if they want him. And he he hasn't really played well the past year and a half or so. So, like, his trade value is in the tank. So the Cubs can't really trade him. Um, Hendricks will not be traded because he's locked up on a, a really friendly deal for a really good pitcher. Um... You can't trade Rizzo because he can be re-signed for a pretty friendly deal, I think. And you can't trade Baez because Baez is probably the new and next face of the franchise. So you're, you're they're, they're really in a in a hard spot. Which is like I, I understood the Darvish thing just a tiny bit, but I what sure. what I hated about it was the return. Like they gave him away for nothing essentially, which which is the part that was just. It made me really pissed off at the state of the market in baseball and and you know that that an owner would do get so like accept so little back in return just to shed a few bucks um especially an owner with as much money as that with a team that makes as much money as the cubs do i think the only the only 
the only asset, the only tradable asset they have that would give any type of return would be Contreras. And I think he's probably one of the best two or three offensive catchers in baseball. And I don't like, I, I don't want them to trade him, of course. But with the market right now, like as little as teams are getting for these traded players, I just I don't see it happening. I I think my my position is just really predict your future. Um, we'll see. I mean, if the if the contract's team friendly, then fucking let them ride. You know what I mean? Um, but I, it it just seems like the Cubs always, especially after the Darvish trade, I just feel like they're operating in some sort of like what's the word? Um, not middle ground, but like. They're not alive and they're not dead, right? Like, well, they, it, they it, think it's a middle ground. Purgatory. It's purgatory. Yeah. Like they're operating in baseball purgatory. Exactly. Yeah. And and it's and, and like it doesn't necessarily right now. I don't. Do I think that the the Cubs could make it to the playoffs? Sure. Are they a wild card team? You know what I mean? Um, they're not winning their division. They still could because the division's not very good. But like, yeah, it's not the middle ground they think it is. Their goal was to be able to compete and retool at the same time but when you get nothing back for your biggest star in darvish or like your your probably your top trade asset in darvish like you can't do that you need to uh, teams retool with trading stars by getting like almost mlb ready stars back like you get top prospects back the cubs got nothing the cubs saved some salary that's what they got yeah and, and and if that's the mentality, blow it up. That's my point. Like if, if, if you are just going to partially retool, bro, you're 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 playing a game that no one's at that point. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna just give guys away, like just blow it up and, and go cheap, but uh, they shouldn't. They have no they have no reason to. They they shouldn't in any way. I'm I'm sorry, buddy, for doing this to you. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I've been suffering all off season. Um, that's all I have on baseball. We 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 did a little bit of an early preview. I uh, and the last question that we have is Super Bowl in what next week? It's next weekend. Super Bowl is the, next weekend. Yeah. The Super Bowl is next weekend. We've already made our picks. We'll probably talk about them again next Thursday, or Friday, whenever. Um. Have you uh, have you uh, have you seen what's happening right now in the mock drafts that are coming out? Uh, I have not. I have not. All I right. do. I we, I did see Deshaun Watson officially. Officially, he already officially, but now he like super officially said, "Trade me, bitches." Yep, so he did. That, that could uh, that could shake up some things. A lot of the draft right now is being based around a few potential trades that are happening. Uh, and here are some of the rumors. The Jets will trade their second pick to the Falcons. The Dolphins might pick trade their third pick to the Lions. Um, and basically the, the Jets and the, the Falcons would basically just swap two and four um, to make it a little bit you know easier for them to do, which I don't understand why the a second to take a quarterback um but from everything i'm seeing right now uh trevor lawrence is the all consensus number one overall pick oh yeah there's no doubt about that 
and I'm still fucking. I, I still can't believe that Justin Fields will be taken off the board somewhere in the top ten. Um, yeah, probably, probably. And I'm, I'm, I'm with hoping... you. I'm not. I'm not sold on him. But I mean, whatever. Not my problem. Yeah, he'll he'll be. Uh... You know what? He'd be a perfect fit for the Jets. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Uh, the the most perfect the 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 most perfect fit is going to be Devonte Smith at seven going to the uh to uh if Miami does not trade for Deshaun Watson Devonte Smith comes off the board at three. You think so? Yeah, oh yeah, it's done. Like I don't know the who the, 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 the Dolphins coaching staff is actually like coaching the Senior Bowl, so they like they literally are have very specifically taking this time to work with Devonte Smith before they officially would have gotten the chance to work with Devonte Smith. Wow. Um, and, and him and Tua have already been in contact. Like it's, uh, well, they're boys. So like, I'm sure they're in contact anyway, but like they've already been in contact specifically pertaining to playing together in Miami and the possibility Wonderful. of it. So I, I, I do think that Deshaun Watson throws the wrinkle in everything because Miami's got to kick the tires on that. You, you can't not at least kick a tire on that and, and see what Houston would take. Uh, but if they don't trade a whole bunch to get Deshaun Watson, Devontae Smith comes off the board at three. Uh, at, at, at pick nine, um, every projection I've seen has the Browns, uh, which makes me want to kill myself because uh, while I love the junior linebacker from Penn State, uh, we need a fucking quarterback. Sick and tired of saying this shit. We need a quarterback. Maybe I think I think where they where they pick though. I think the smart thing to do is probably give Locke one more year, and not for the sake of like seeing if they can win, but for the sake of building the rest of your team this year, still being bad next year, and then getting a quarterback. It's too many years of being bad, bro. I can't do this <laughs> God damn, bro. Like, you understand? Like, come on, bro. Well, you it's, also have to look at so look at it in the sense that, like, I've treated Dolphins fandom for the past 17 years with Brady in New England. Like, you're not going to win the division because Mahomes and the Chiefs exist. So do the no, best you can not. to build your team up and then get your quarterback and, and – you know, and then make yourself a competitive team. The same way the, the Dolphins did. They built their team up the past several years through the draft and, and accruing draft picks, and now they're they're in position to make a move. Dude, we're we're gonna give away the best years of Judy ever. We're just gonna give his years. Like it, it, it's gonna suck, but it it is what it is at this point. Um, that's all I've got for for tonight. I actually just depressed myself talking about the Broncos. I haven't talked uh, about them in like fucking twelve weeks. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm surprised at how sad I am talking baseball with, <laughs> with the off season, <laughs> the off season my Cubs have had. Well, the good news is that in about two weeks, uh, pitchers and catchers report, and then the, the three weeks or another week after that, everyone's down in Florida getting COVID, um, <laughs> and uh, you know we'll be we'll be we'll be seeing baseball very soon. Spring training season isn't a bridge season. Uh, it's in a bridge spring training schedule, which is also good news. So the season will start up pretty quick, and uh, hopefully we'll, you know, we'll be back to talking about how DJ LeMahieu is the best hitter we've ever seen, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and how uh, uh, I don't know uh, the White Riders suck. So fuck them. Oh man, 
Alright, you guys have hung with us for a, a, a sad, depressing episode. So, uh... What do you got for shoutouts? Let, let's let's try to end on some sort of happy note here. Uh, happy note. Um, damn. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to shout out... Uh, Trey Songs getting kicked out of the, uh... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me you saw the video. Please tell me you saw the video. I did not see the video. Yo, my man got manhandled by security. I don't know what he said to those motherfuckers, but apparently they told him to put on a mask and he was like, he popped off. And then he threw a punch. Uh, like he swung at one of the guards, which oh, I'm assuming they probably, they probably said the wrong thing to him for him to swing like that. Because like no one's ever just like going to swing for fun. But also like... I'm sure he was probably wasted, whatever. Exactly. Also, like, why are you in Kansas City, bro? Like, it's a up? pandemic, man. Yeah, like, stay I, at I'm home. Sexy, sexy, flexy singer or whatever, bro. Like, you should be practicing your dance moves and, like, your falsetto. What are you doing? Just stay at home. Um, I also want to shout out, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I want to shout out Conor McGregor for taking it. He took a large L. Yeah, uh, I had money on Justin A anyway. Um, because like Conor McGregor was open, um, and my God, I, I, I didn't expect was, that. No, I thought he was gonna get like submission. Yeah, um, well, yeah, I, I didn't expect that. Yeah, but it was bad. I mean, I, he, the fight was good. McGregor landed a few punches here and there, but fuck me, man, he just looked—he looks like he doesn't want to fight anymore. Well, like, I, he, that's he, like he. he I don't know. It's I, I I've been thinking that for a couple of years now since Khabib or since Khabib last beat him. Yeah. Uh, and especially with the the Mayweather thing, where it was just I mean it was clearly a cash grab. Like I, I just I kind of been thinking for a while that he's like he made his money. You know he's kind of done. Uh, one last shout out that I have is uh, one of the Paul brothers is fighting Ben Askren. Or... Oh my god. Um, ben, if you're listening to this, and I know you are. Please whoop the shit out of that young white boy. Uh, if you do not slap him the fuck back to next Thursday, uh, you are an absolute embarrassment as a fighting athlete. Um, that boy talks so much shit, and I need him to get his fucking ass whooped so bad. And if you do lose Mr. Askren or whatever the fuck your name is, then I know for sure that those fights are all rigged. 1,000 <laughs> I don't want to hear shit about it. All those fights are rigged. But... Who you got to shout out? Uh, in, in positive, in positive shout out news, um, the listeners, our, our loyal, our loyal listeners, who we love so dearly. Loyalty. We have Unmaskables coming again this weekend. Oh shit! Yeah, we got bad news, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a, there's an there's an episode out there that's lost. If you recorded it, good for you. If oh, not. Shit. Yeah, yeah if you tuned in on Twitch years. when it was live, uh, you'll have the insider knowledge. If you didn't, that sucks. No one will ever see it. No one will ever know. You'll never know the bad things we said. The people we talk shit about. <laughs> <laughs> the horrible predictions um, we made. The, the, the terrible takes. Uh, but aside from that, we did uh, Unmaskables is now weekly on the weekend instead of I don't want to say Saturday because it doesn't always fall on a Saturday. 
uh, we have switched from from uh, bi-weekly every every other week, however you want to bi-monthly, yeah. uh, whatever. You know, every other week. Yeah. To uh, now now we're weekly. Uh, we had so much success with it so far. We wanted to be able to give you guys a little more content, and we're having so much fun with it ourselves. We wanted to be able to dive into more comics, more more graphic novels, more things that we haven't gotten a chance to experience ourselves, um, or that we want to go back and reread. So. It's been a really fun thing to do so far. We're really enjoying it. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to doing it weekly and getting more into different things. Me too. Uh, part of the reason why we're able to do it weekly is co-host Ender uh, has officially retired from World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> he hung up the boots, folks. He hung up uh, the boots. He hung up the boots. He, he hung up the keyboard. He hung up the keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> The mouse and keyboard now hang in a, some form of Hall of Fame somewhere. Yep, yep. He literally threw them above his uh, as if it were a crack spot where you could get World of Warcraft. <laughs> oh, man. Thank um, you guys for tuning but, in. Like always, uh, you know where to catch us twice a week here for Uncoachables. Now weekly on weekends. We'll say weekends. Probably Saturdays, weekends. but weekends for Unmaskables. Maybe Fridays. Start... <laughs> Starting this coming weekend, uh, catch us weekly. Uh, this coming weekend, if you didn't catch Unmaskables live uh, last weekend, this weekend we have um, a short Avengers run uh, centered around Moon Knight. Uh, we wanted to feed in a little bit to the Moon Knight news we have with Oscar Isaacs being officially cast and the series coming and all that good stuff. And... Um, I'm a, I'm a big Marvel fiend, and it was my week to pick, so, you know. Of course it is. It is what it is. Uh, but that's it. That's all we got. We'll see you guys tomorrow you and or Sunday for Unmaskables. And the two of us will see you guys back here on Monday or Tuesday for Uncoachables. Until then, be safe, be kind, uh, buy and hold GameStop and AMC. And, and American Airlines and, and Nokia. <laughs> Oh yeah, Nokia, American Airlines, BlackBerry, all the Black other things. Berry. We'll see you guys soon. And another one. <laughs>